If you're ready, put up your hand nice and high. Say, I'm ready. ready. Good, good. So now there's a new movie coming up uh, in October called Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Now, for those of you who know me, I'm a huge fan of Steve Jobs. Um, I've read his, you know, the, the book like probably five, six times. So there's a new movie coming out called The Man in the Machine called Steve Jobs. Now, apparently, there was another Steve Jobs movie a, a couple years ago, yes? How many have seen that before? Yeah, so, but apparently so this movie, they said that uh, from the people working at Apple, said that this is a more accurate representation of Steve. Actually, they say that when they watch the movie, they think it's Steve. They think it's, it's not actually acting. They think that's Steve. So that's pretty incredible. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to do maybe a, a short keynote on Steve Jobs and on marketing and what, uh, what makes Apple so successful and what makes them different from any other companies. And more importantly, how does that apply to you? Would that be of interest? Yeah. And again, this is just from my own perspective. My own what? Perspective. perspective. So it's just my own perspective, what my observation is. And I would do it in a way that, because you, you might think, well, I'm not in the computer business. I'm not in the software business. You see, as I share with you, these things can, can be applicable to you. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, so here we go. So Steve Jobs, the secret to Apple's marketing genius. Now, when I say Apple, what kind of company, if, if I ask you the question, what kind of company is Apple, what would you say? You have the answer. What business are they in? Tech, Tech okay. Lifestyle. What else? Lifestyle, okay. Culture, Culture okay. Innovation. Information? Innovation. Innovation, yes. Cool product. Cool product, yes. Design, Design okay, good, good. Oh, challenging status quo, very nice, yes? Style, okay, very cool. User interaction. User interaction. How many uh, of you are, are PC users? Okay, how many of you are Apple? Yeah. Well, interesting, interesting. How many use both? How do you do both? <laughs> like, how do you do both? So I'm gonna share with you a little bit of statistics about Apple, so in case, of course you know, it's, it's Apple very profitable? Everybody say, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you might not know actually exactly how profitable it is, <laughs> unless you're in the stocks. Now, we know that there are, nowadays, uh, there are a lot of retailers that are struggling in the states. There are thousands and thousands of retailers going out of business. Yes or no? Yes. Are there retailers going out of business in Canada? Yes. Name some of them. Sears. Sears. Target. Future Shop. Target. Zellers. Max. Max. McDonald's, they closed some of their shops, yes, stores, yes. Hmm? Okay, yeah, okay. Circuit City? Zony, yes. Now, let me ask you a question. Are these small companies or big companies? So, even big companies are having a tough time with this economy. What is going on? Now, in spite of all that, and you look at, you know, people say the re retail apocalypse. All these major chains, not just a certain sector, across different people, b companies been around a long time. You see them for five, 10, 20 years, and bam, overnight, not one store. How many stores? Hundreds, thousands. Long period of time, short period of time, closing down. Very short period of time. 
very short period of time. Now, how does that apply for small businesses? So if big companies are having a tough time, kind of big elephant, but with small companies, what do we have to do? What do we have to be aware of? Looking at this, as a small business, what do we have to be aware of? You have the answer. Change, Change yes. Innovation. Innovation, yes. Emerging technology, yes. Customer needs, being aware, being able to, yes. Relationship management, very good, very good. So with Apple, and just some statistics I pulled, uh, fueled by the popularity of the new iPhone 6 gave Apple an even bigger lead over other retailers. How many of you have been to an Apple store? Okay. Over other retailers in productivity with its stores generating a staggering $4,790.82 in sales per square foot on an annualized basis at the end of 2014. Now, if how many of you understand a little bit about retail? That's how they measure, yes? Earning per square foot. Is that a low number? Is that a, like a high number? Yeah, it, it is a crazy, crazy numbers. Uh, I was, uh, when I in, a few months ago, I was in, in New York, and I went to, there's an Apple store, right? On Fifth Avenue, yeah. which is very well known, yes? How many have heard of that one? Yeah, yeah very well known. Uh, and I have to check it out, and it was winter, and I checked it out when you need to store. And it was, it was winter, and it was snowing, freezing cold, packed. The place was packed. And then later on, I went online, just, I'm just, I was curiosity, how much that, that particular store makes. So I went on, actually check, check. Um, I don't know how much it's doing now, but they, they kind of report approximately that Fifth Avenue store do about $350 million in sales a year. One store, $350 million in sales, amazing. Uh, Apple announced financial results for its fiscal 2015 third quarter ended June two, uh, 27, 2015. The company posted quarterly revenue of $49.6 billion and quality net profit of $9.7 billion. They're getting by, they're getting by, they're doing okay. So is there something to be learned from Apple, yes or no? Yes, yes or no? Yes. But the, the problem is, okay, yeah, you know, $10 billion, $49 billion in revenue. Well, how does that apply to my business? I'll share with you. My observation is they are basically, and by the way, Apple also has over $200 billion in cash reserve. Not $200 million, $200 billion in cash that they don't know what to do with yet. That's a lot of cash. Yes? That's a lot of cash. Because Apple's model is a little bit different. Google, they do acquisitions, Facebook acquisitions. But Apple doesn't do a whole lot of that. So, pretty incredible. So there are basically five powerful ways. How many ways? Five. five I believe five powerful ways Apple has cultivated loyal, raving fans. Loyal, raving fans. So, ready to take notes? Hello? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. How many of you have seen people, you know, the first day of opening a new iPhone, a new uh, iPad, or whatever, a new, new product coming, coming out, and people line up in front of the Apple store for days sometimes to get the product, yes? Okay, so what it tells you, they've got a very big, loyal following, yes? Almost fanatic following, yes? The question is, why doesn't people line up to buy Sony products? Why doesn't people line up to buy Microsoft products? Hmm. Hmm. 
So number one, I believe because Apple give people products that are exceptionally good. And put it in Dan Lok's term, AKA they make cool shit. They make cool shit. Not just good products, exceptionally good products. If you think about it, how many of you use an iPhone? I'm curious. Okay. Now, if you think about it with an iPhone, it is actually, and people may argue about this, but it is actually an unnecessary expenditure. A few years ago, nobody needs an iPhone. We don't need an iPhone. We need food, we need water, we need shelter, but nobody needs an iPhone. But nowadays, you ask people, okay, your TV or your iPhone? Pick one. Which one are you going to say? Uh, what about your, uh, your iPhone versus your computer? Which one? Uh, computer, iPhone? iPhone. So you think about it. From, so what they do, they're selling stuff that people actually don't really need. But now it's to a point where we cannot live without. Like, wow, my God. How many of you, if you lose your phone, you'll go crazy? You'll be like, my God, right? If I look, I'll go, I'll go nuts, all my contacts, everything. I run a lot of my business from here. So you think about it. Give people that are exceptionally good. Yeah, but how do you make products that are good? A better question would be, how good is your product? How good is your service? To point on that, how good is your product? How good is your service? And it's a great quote by Steve Jobs. It's really hard to design products by focus groups. A lot of times, people don't know what they want until you show it to them. Part of what makes Apple so successful is they can predict, what's the word? Predict the needs of the marketplace. What do people want? Maybe they don't even know they want it yet, but how can we create something that's so exceptional, that's so extraordinary that when people see it, they would be like, wow, I didn't expect that you could, I thought just the phone, but phone, music, internet, it's not just a phone. Hmm. Steve Jobs. Number two, their products are fun and easy to use, AKA, in my term, they sell cool shit. Not only they make cool shit, they sell cool shit. Uh, here's a little article, the, the iPad really is child's play. More than half of these babies use Apple's tablets when they're just one, one. So they make it very, very easy to use, very intuitive. One time I was uh, going to my friend's house having dinner and his son was six years old, I think, six or seven years old back then. And then my friend, the dad, was telling him, oh, go back to your room, don't eat candy, and was just kind of talking to the kids, okay? And the kid was like, listening, listening. And finally, the kid was like. <laughs> so he thinks that dad is an iPad, right? <laughs> so he's like, move on, right? <laughs> don't want to hear from me like that. So I thought that was pretty funny. But how, how did the kids learn how to do that? Hello? That's it, swipe from the iPad. The kid. Yeah, the kid's been using the iPad for two years, since four. Since four. Amazing. Amazing. So the question is, how can you, you make your products and services more simple to understand? It's what you're doing too complex. It's your offer too complex. Because complexity is the enemy of execution. 
Complexity is the enemy of what? Of what? Execution. So I always say this genius. There's what? Genius in simplicity. So how can you make what you do simple? Just two weeks ago, I was in a business meeting, and there was another entrepreneur talking about one of his venture and talk about basically pitching me on, on a deal. And he was explaining to me, and he said, you know, he gave me a big, like a five-minute elevator pitch, and I said, I don't quite get it. And he said, I need more time. Like, I need an hour to explain this to you. I said, if you need a fucking hour to explain this to me, we've got a problem. <laughs> How many follow what I'm saying? If you can't explain what the heck you do, forget five minutes. In one minute, we've got a problem. Because most people don't even have one minute. Their attention span is so short. One minute, forget about it. So it takes, and I always say, it's a saying, if you cannot put your business model on, on, a, on a piece of napkin, you don't have a business. You should be able to simplify and articulate what you do. Very, very simple in the terms that most people will understand. And here's what Steve Jobs has to say. Simple can be harder than complex. You have to work hard to get your thinking clean to make it simple. But it's worth it in the end because once you get there, you can move mountains. So whatever you're offering, how can you make it simple? Your marketing message, how can you simplify it? Whatever you're offering, how can you simplify it? Make it, make it very simple. Now maybe whatever you're offering, your product and services, could there be incidents where it is a complex kind of offer, yes or no? So if it is a complex offer, what you want to do is, do you want to show them everything that you do and everything that your product and service is capable of right up front, yes or no? So you can take a bits and pieces of it that you know that, you know what, this is the most compelling piece, let me simplify it, let me make it compelling and just make that your front-end offer. So that they get a little bit, a taste of what you do, and then show them a little bit more. You show them a little bit more. You show them a little bit more. Versus, here's what all these things we could do for you. Here's what all my company can do for you. <laughs> when I used to do copywriting, one of the rules that I've learned is when I'm writing my copy, when I'm writing an ad, when I'm crafting my landing page, my marketing message, I picture my prospect as this. Is my message simple enough that Homer Simpson would get it? <laughs> is my message compelling enough if Homer Simpson is sitting on the couch, drinking beer, watching TV, that would compel him to take an action and buy? So I always have that picture in my mind. If, when I'm crafting my message, would Homer understand this? If I know Homer Simpson will understand this, I've got something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So. Take two minutes. How long? Two minutes. Discuss among your table just the first couple ideas I've shared with you. Two minutes. Go. Awesome. So how does this apply to you? Just yell the answer. How does it apply to you? How does it apply to your business? Yes. Yes. What I do, a couple of things. Of course, now, keep in mind, what Steve is saying is he's such an innovator, he's predicting in two, three years what people want. For, as far as I'm concerned, for most entrepreneurs, 
you go where the money is. Meaning, you look at what people are already buying, and then you sell them more of that. Versus, oh, he's, I, I, the, you know, the pe entrepreneurs approach me all the time. Say, I've got this idea. I've got this product. Nobody has it. It's, it, it's revolutionary. When they say revolutionary, I stop listening. Nobody's done this before. Oh, shit, not good. <laughs> like, it's not a plus. Because most of the deals that I was involved with that lost money, it's because of those ideas. Because nobody's ever done this before. Nobody's ever seen this before. This is going to change industry. Oh, shit. It would, because it means that it's going to take awful lot of money to educate the marketplace to buy this. And I don't want to play that game. As a, a business, it doesn't matter. Six figures, seven figures, eight figures, still a small business as far as I'm concerned. So I don't want to play that game. I want to go with, okay, people are spending money on this. Well, maybe I can sell something a little bit similar. Can I sell it cheaper? Can I, can, I sell, can I make it faster? Can I make it bigger? Can I make it put a new shrink wrap to it so it looks different, but it's not actually different? I don't want a challenge in business. I used to want challenge. Nobody's ever done this before. Let me do it. Cost me a ton of money. It's my ego talking. Nowadays, I'm like, okay, I don't want a challenge. I don't like. The analogy I use all the time, and I share that with Benson, if I'm, I'm going to fight a boxing match, I don't want to fight Mike Tyson. I'm not interested in that. I want to fight a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> I want to go into the ring, I got my glove, and I push, and he sits, and he cries, I win. Yay! <laughs> now, I'm not saying, like, don't beat up kids. I don't know what I'm saying. You follow what I'm saying, right? It's not what I'm saying, but that's the analogy. I don't want a challenge. I want to know if I'm going into this business, I'm going to this industry, that even though I could be wrong 50%, 60%, and I could have a lot of failures, I could make a lot of mistakes, this thing would still work. I have enough margin that this thing would work. So that's why I hate low margin business, because there's no, not enough margin for errors. If your business only, oh, I've got 10% margin, we've got a problem. So I don't even touch those businesses. I want high margin. I want existing demand. I want lousy competitors. I want, I want, what I love to see, competitors, their marketing sucks, their customer service sucks, their product is average, making a shitload of money. I want to get into that. Because I know I can create something better. I know I can provide better service. I can provide better experience. I can do better marketing and beat them. I don't want strong competitors. I'm not interested in that. Does that make sense? Now, just my perspective. Not saying you cannot do something totally revolutionary. I mean, I support you for that. I'm just saying, from a business point of view, I prefer to go with more a proven path. Because when you go to the bank and when you deposit a big check, the teller is not going to ask you the question. Did you, did, did you make this money? Was it, was it your original idea? <laughs> or did you know? I, I can't, sir. I can't accept this deposit because it's kind of like it's not innovative enough. <laughs> They're not going to ask that, yes? No. They only want to know how much. Okay, great. Right? So nobody's going to ask you that question. Number three, Apple strives to deliver unique and outstanding experience from the moment of contact, aka the deliver holy shit moment. They deliver holy shit moment. It's an experience. When you go to an Apple store, it's an experience. When you, when you buy an iPhone, are you actually just buying a phone? What are you buying? 
an experience, but what are you buying? What other features does he have? What can you do with an iPhone? When an old lady like you can use, you're not that old, Monica. No, but what are you buying? You're buying the entire Apple ecosystem. Yeah, Apple ecosystem, very good, yes. You buy access to internet, yes? You buy access to music. You buy access to music. You buy access to what? Yeah, everything. And so it's not just the phone, it's access now to a whole much bigger Apple ecosystem. So think of what you are doing as a small business. You want to deliver value and experience more than just your core product and service. This is key. Whatever you're selling, that thing that you're selling, that's good. But you better be able to add value other than beyond than just the thing that you sell. Because whatever you sell is so limited. You're a financial planner, you're a real estate agent, you're a tech person, you're an app person, you're whatever it might be. Here's what we do. But what you do is only a, out of the thousands and thousands of people that you meet, only a small percentage, one need what you sell at any given time. Does that make sense? So if this is all you do, you're so limited. Versus, hey, you know what? This is what I do, but what you do is not who you are. Write down. What you do is not who you are. A lot of people say, oh, I'm a financial planner. No, you have a financial planning business. It's not who you are. You are who you are. What you do is not who you are. It's like, and let me give you an example. I, people would see me and they would think, oh, Dan is a speaker, yes? I don't think of myself as a speaker, first of all. I think of myself maybe, maybe more like a teacher. I speak at conferences, but I'm not a speaker. <coughs> Pay attention to this. I can do marketing, but I'm not a marketer. I can write, written a number of books, but I'm not a writer. I do internet marketing, but I'm not an internet marketer. Just ponder on that for a second. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? That's it. Nothing more than the skill sets I've developed over the years. Tools on my tool belt. But versus, you look, you talk to people, oh, I'm a blogger. I only do blogging. Or I'm a Facebook guy, only do Facebook advertising or social media. No, I do social media. I do blog. I do podcasts. I'm all these things and I'm none of these things. Because that gives me flexibility. It's only what I do. Who I am. I, who I am, I think, mainly is just an entrepreneur. And I use all these tools versus just so limited. Okay, this is what I do. I only do this. Does that make sense? So think it. So what you do is not who you are. When you buy a Mac, you join a community, and you don't just own a computer, you become part of the entire Apple ecosystem. The entire Apple ecosystem. When you own an Apple product, people have this pride that, hey, you know what? I'm cool. Apple is cool. Use PCS yet. Right? Apple, ooh, I'm cool, right? Think of this. Let me get an example. And it's experience. So when Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group, we host our meetings at here, Vancouver Club. Why do I do it at Vancouver Club? How, how does that tie in with the experience theory? It's all about, the about the environment, yes. Ambiance, hmm? yes. It's interesting because if we're talking about success, we're talking about entrepreneur, we want to impact the world, we want to create wealth, we want to provide for our family, we want to increase our income, what's a better place than 
a building that, that is over 100 years old, 100 years of history, where you have some of the most powerful, wealthiest, influential entrepreneurs, business people as members. There's, there's no, no place like this. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's an experience. Yes? I could have done it at McDonald's. <laughs> I could do the same speech, but doing it here would have a different impact. Does that make sense? So with what you do think of, how can you create and craft an experience and environment that before they even talk to you, even they get in touch with you, that they have a, it's a different experience for them. It's a different experience for them. People are willing to pay more for the connection with a person of elevated status and perceived celebrity. Write this down. People are willing to pay more for the connection with a person of elevated status and perceived celebrity. Going back to, if they do business with you and you, you have your competitor provide kind of the similar service, similar to what you do, same price, same everything, but if they perceive you as more influential, they perceive you as more well-connected, they would prefer to do business with you. Does that make sense? Okay. And notice, I said perceived celebrity. Perception is reality. Repeat after me. Perception is reality. So Steve Jobs has been positioned as the iconic celebrity in the Apple world, in the computer world, in the tech world. Not just Steve Jobs, he's the CEO. He's Steve Jobs. Not, you think of Bill Gates. Is Bill Gates wealthy? He's probably wealthier than Steve Jobs. But look, Look at what they have done. Apple has created precision. I think Steve Jobs way better in the Apple world than Bill Gates versus Microsoft. How many follow what I'm saying? Yeah. You see the difference? Okay. So Apple also creates an experience through their retail outlets. Uh, interesting story. Um, Apple actually got the idea at first model the store uh, after get the gap. The gap. Uh, the CEO of the Gap, uh, I told you the, the, the Fifth Avenue um, uh, story in New York, how much they're doing. So they actually, the Gap, uh, the CEO of the Gap was involved with the whole process of creating a store, creating the Apple store. And they want to make it simple, make it clean, make it uh, kind of high tech. And you think about it, and funny, because Apple people actually used to call themselves Gapple. Because <coughs> the store looks like the Gap, Gapple. But they model what works, and the CEO of the Gap, he was phenomenal, and they were involved in the early process. So that's an experience as well. They do things on So number four, Apple has very wisely taken on an overall look at what the computer market is, figure out what they really want to do with their computers, and build their platform around that. This is crit critical. So talking about creating, predicting the needs, right? Where the money is, where the cash is flowing. You want to position yourself in front of that. I have a quote coming up. So Steve Jobs said, you can't just ask customers what they want and then try to give that to them. By the time you get it built, they'll want something new. Now, of course, Steve is referring to the tech world because things change how fast in tech world? Hello? Very fast. very fast, right? Very, very fast. But he's anticipating the needs. You think of I, Apple, when you buy again, which I think one of the most brilliant things they've done is iTunes. Because they sell you the phone, they make money on the front end. How many of you buy apps, by the way, APPs? How many of you buy songs, shows, all that on iTunes? Interesting. 
So you don't just spend the money on the iPhone, but you spend a whole lot more money, yes? It's funny, I was playing, uh, there's a game, I, mean, I don't play a lot of games, but somehow I downloaded a stupid game, anyway. Uh, it's called The Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah, you play it? Hey man, yes, awesome. Okay, so I, I, told, I told my wife, Jenny, hey, you know, it's a free game, right? Free game, yeah, free game, it's a free game. I said, I'm not gonna spend money, don't worry. I teach marketing, I get all their tricks. Not exactly what they're trying to do, get you to buy these coins and upgrade out. Oh, I got seized with all that shit. I'm not going to spend a dime, right? After playing a game, I don't know, a couple of days, I just spent like, I don't know, 10 minutes a day on it, something like that. Well, in the bathroom, just in case you know. <laughs> How many you take your iPad to the bathroom, be honest? I do. What? I do. Anyways, I'm playing a game. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I hit a certain plateau. So I was getting killed by these other you know, the enemies, the, the walking dead, the zombies. I'm like, shit, damn, I need to buy some weapons and shit, right? I gotta do something about this thing. And then, of course, I talked to Jenny. No, no, you promise, you're not gonna buy. You're not gonna buy. Oh, no, I mean, I just need some gold coins, a little bit of gray, you know, not gonna be enough. Promise, 10 bucks, like 10, whatever, like little 10, 15 bucks. That's it, that's it, promise, promise. Because Jenny is smart. Because my um, iPhone, iTunes account is hooked up with her account. Because if I buy something, she'll know. Like she'll get an email, oh, you just made this purchase, right? Not a smart idea. <laughs> so I spent 15 bucks and I was, yeah, good, you know, killing the zombies and upgrading, yeah, you know, this is awesome, right? After a few more days, shit! Couldn't get through the next, you know, the next level. I'm like, hey, you know, Oh, and then Jenny was like, no, you're getting sucked into it. You said you, 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 you teach marketing. You're not going to fall for these things. You know, they, they want to keep spending money. It's a free game. They hook you in. You buy all of this and this. Promise, promise. <laughs> Last upgrade. I get this. That's it. It's a stupid game anyway. I'm not going to play that long, this and that, right? Long and behold, back and forth, this and that, I spent about 150 bucks on that stupid fucking game. <laughs> free. Free, right? No, but I'm smart. I'm smart. So the first time, it's like 15 bucks, 15 bucks. I'm like, fuck it. Let's spend big bucks one time, right? So 50, 60. And I did it all in like one day. So I know my wife is going to yell at me. She's going to yell at me once. Because if I do three transactions in like three separate weeks, that's three times, right? If you're going to kill me, just kill me once. Three transactions, one day, solve the problem. But seriously, the more the story is, is, is this type of thing. It's maybe what you do, what is the front end offer, how can you make it enticing, and, and how can you build a back end, and then you, you sell additional product and services to your customers, make it easy for them to buy. So iTunes is absolutely brilliant. So what can you do, here's a question, to directly leverage your customer base to increase your back end? What can you do to directly leverage your customer base to increase your back end? And it may not be your core products and services. I'll say it again, it may not be your core products and services. It may be somebody else's core products and services. It's called a joint venture. It's called a what? You can promote other people's products and services and get a cut. Because your most valuable asset is not your, it's, it's not your service, it's not your product, it's your customer base. The people, the loyal following. Let me ask you a question. The new iPhone 6S is coming up, right? How many have an, a good iPhone right now? Like, perfectly good iPhone. How many are going to get the iPhone 6S? Be honest. A couple of people. One person, two people thinking about it. Okay. 
there you go. So even predicting myself, I'm like, I just got this phone a couple months ago, iPhone 6S, don't really need it, don't really need it, but it's a little bit faster. The camera is a little bit higher resolution. Shit, should I get it? Should I not get it? And then the new Apple TV is coming out. Damn, should I get that? And the iPad Pro is coming up. Should I get that too? Hmm. So does Apple just sell you one thing? No, uh-uh, uh-uh, not at all. So lockerism, go where the money is flowing and then just stand in front of it. <laughs> Simple statement. Go where the money is flowing and then just stand in front of it. Not where you think it's going, not what you perceive and expect it's going, where it is going is flowing right now, and you can see people spending money and then just stand in front of it. Are people spending money on Amazon, yes or no? Are people buying more uh, digital products? Yes or no? Yeah. Are people buying online courses? Yes or no? So go where the money is. Number five, Apple is absolutely, sh an absolutely shameless and relentless about self-promotion. AKA, they promote the shit out of it. So they make, they make cool shit, they sell cool shit, they deliver holy shit experience moment, and they probably promote the shit out of it. A lot of what we do is think about it. You are a personal brand. You're a what? You are a personal brand, regardless if you think you're one or not. Regardless. Let me give you a quote. Repeat after me. Attention is the new currency. Again, attention is the new currency. Once more, twice as loud. Attention is new currency. Attention is the new currency. Most companies fail because they're not getting enough attention because of obscurity. People don't, not that their products are not good, not that their services are not good, nobody knows who the fuck they are. They don't even, the marketplace, there's so much noise, they don't even know they exist. They don't even know. There's, is there a lot of noise on the internet? How many, how many Twitters are out there every day? Think about it, how many Facebook posts? Because attention is a new currency. You can't grow your company if you're not getting attention, period. If you're struggling to get customers, I can almost guarantee you're not getting enough attention in the marketplace. You're not cutting through the clutter, you're not breaking, you're not standing out in this noise. So how do you stand out? In Japan, now they actually have uh, this new form of vending machine. Now what is a vending machine? If you want to go buy a bottle of Coke, you go there and you put in what? Put in what? Some coins, right? Couple bucks? Cool. Or oh, iPhone? Yes. In Japan, they actually have this new form of vending, mach vending machine. You go there, you press a button, they play, you stand there, and you play a commercial for 60, 60 seconds, two minutes, and then out pops a bottle of Coke. They don't want your money. They want your attention. Your attention is even more valuable than money. Now that says something. That's pretty profound if you think about it. Not so good if you love Coke and you just sit there and you know, all day and it's not so good, but you get the idea, yes? 
So they promote it. So shameless, relentless self-promotion. Donald Trump is a good example. How many follow what Donald Trump is having in the, the presidential? Yes. Love the guy, hate the guy. Doesn't matter. It does not matter. There's something to be learned from him. Now, is Donald Trump famous? Yes or no? Yes. Is he well known? Yes. Is he still promoting himself? Yes. More than ever. What does that say? People are also talking about what, when is the best time to do marketing? When you don't need clients. Not when you're desperate and you need clients. Oh my God, I need them to make that sell. Not when you don't need clients, when you're busier than ever, you do more marketing. Not when you're, when you're desperate. That's not the time to do marketing. Because also you don't have enough capital. You don't have enough uh, marketing capital to do so. So Steve Jobs, you look, I mean, he is, again, relentless promoter. The speech, every time the announcement, new product, millions of people tune into that. Not just a great speaker. So most companies go out of business because of, of obscurity. So visibility, what's the word? Visibility. Is more important than ability. Visibility is more important than ability. Now, that, am I saying that you can sell crappy stuff? No, I'm saying sell good stuff, deliver exceptional service, and stand in front of the money where the money's flowing. But I'm saying is visibility is more important than ability. I would consider that in local Vancouver, even on the internet, I'm relatively well-known. Do I stop promoting my brand? Just this year, I, I've done over now, I think 12 books, 11 books, something like that. Just this year, uh, in the last 12 months, I've done two more books. In the next 12, uh, six months, I'm going to publish two more books. In August, while I was on vacation, I launched my podcast, Shoulder of Titans. In the next 12 months, you'll see that on my YouTube channel, I'll probably just going out there uploading, producing three to 500 videos in the next 12 months. And that's what I am doing. Non-stop domination, promotion, personal branding. Because when you have that, good things come to you. You don't have to chase deals. It's easier when deals come to you than you chase deals. Yes? So my question to you is then what should you be doing to promote your brand, your Facebook? I'm talking your social media. I'm talking about your blog. I'm talking about all these things. And that's not even my main business. This is on top of running all the companies, being a partner of the 20 plus companies. This is the side thing and I do more than probably a lot of the entrepreneurs. Because I know by pushing that, by you gotta cut through the clutter. You got to stand out. By standing out, there are bigger opportunities, there are more lucrative opportunities, and you can impact a lot more people. Does that make sense? So here's what you need. You need what I call a PMP, personal media platform. Write this down, personal media platform. So what is a personal media platform? I'm talking about your blog. How many have a blog right now? Yes, how often do you update your blog? One's what? One's what? One's a day, good. How often do you update your blog? How many of you have not updated your blog in, in a month? Okay. So personal, so your blog, your, your Facebook, your Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, iTunes, uh, podcast. Where is your platform? Now what is a platform? A platform is nothing more than a, a thing 
a community, a something that you do that serves the greater goods of others. Write this down. A platform is not something for yourself. Because if it's all about yourself, it doesn't work. You only go so far. So you think of Teresa's social light conference. Is that a platform, yes or no? Yeah, through that platform, she's able to meet also other, other successful entrepreneurs like Richard Branson, yes? Bob Proctor, it's a platform. If today, it's just Teresa alone, and she goes knocks on doors on these big names, is she gonna get the same attention? No, because she has this massive platform. So she created the platform first, then she exposed to more opportunities, being to meet more influential people. So how many platforms do you have? If you're not getting enough business, if your business is not growing as fast as you want, pretty much, I can almost guarantee again, you're missing this. Either it's not big enough, it's not wide enough, it's not impacting, impacting enough people. Just like if today your Facebook, instead of having 1,000 likes, fans, and you have 100,000 likes and fans, would that make a difference in your business? Yeah. It's very simple. But you can't build, get attention without this. And this thing, the problem is, it, it's fucking slow. It is slow. Because you're building a personal media platform, it is slow. Blo do you just make one blog post and then your, your phone rings off the hook? Do you just make a 10 posts and the phone rings off the hook? No, you gotta keep doing it and it takes time. Sometimes it takes six months, sometimes it takes one year. But when is the best time to start? You gotta manage, you gotta keep growing it. And that's why I said, I promise you, right now I'm making this promise. Right now my YouTube channel has, I don't know, 1,200, no, 1,200 subscribers. It's pathetic, quite frankly. 1,000, on, on camera, 1,200 subscribers. Let's have this conversation again. A year later, let's see how many subscribers I have. Am I just do, what did I say? Did I say, oh, I'm gonna do like, I don't know, one video every two months and six videos, maybe 10 videos, I don't know, a year. Did I say that? I said three to 500 fucking videos in the next 12 months. That's the attitude, that's what it takes. Not, oh, do I do post TV? No, that's what it takes. Because your competitor is doing 10, he's doing 20. I don't want to win my competitor by a little bit. I want to, you do 20, I do 200. You do 100, I do 1,000. Because as I build more and more, the bigger my personal media platform, easy it is to make money. Does that make sense? So take a moment, take two minutes. Yes, Nathan. What if you're a smaller business? Yes, what if you're a smaller business? Tell me. Uh, figure out a way to leverage other people's stuff. Yes, which you've done to a degree, right? Notes and stuff. But what if you're a small business? Tell me. Look bigger, okay. Some partnerships. Partnerships, what do you mean by that? Yes. Yes. Good. Good. So if you don't have a platform, is it a good idea to get on other people's platform? Hello? Yeah, to pull people. So what I'm doing now, I'm on just uh, this week, I've been on two other podcasts being interviewed because I launched my podcast. So if I want to grow my podcast, what's the best way? I go on other people who has a podcast, who has a following. 
And then I talk about my podcast, I talk about vision, I talk about what, what my podcast is about, and I go there, and I, people, a percentage of, oh, I like Dan's message, I will go subscribe to his podcast too. So I'm leveraging other people's platform. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that's perfectly fine. How often do you do that? As, as much as possible. How, when do you stop promoting your personal brand? I just always look at Trump. There's actually a Trump, a book about Trump. A lot of people have read The Art of the Deal. Um, there's actually an other book that I like a lot, not very popular, called No Such Thing as Overexposure. Not a book written by him, but it's by a reporter. Follow him for a couple years. And he was just talking about, the whole premise of the book is basically Trump is a relentless, shameless, non-stop self-promotion machine. That's basically what the book is about. That's what the book is about. So personal media platform. So for small business, I believe there are five keys. How many keys? Five. No, sorry, three keys. How many keys? Three. three keys, three keys. Okay, first you want to be somebody. You want to be what? Be somebody. And then you want to do something. And then you want to be somewhere. Be somebody, do something, be somewhere. How do you be somebody? If you, let's example, you have a blog, you proceed as an ex expert, if you have a book, if you're providing educational videos, you're somebody. If you're a podcast, you're a platform, you're somebody. If you're a speaker, you're somebody. Do something means taking map. Yes? Uh, let's, say, let's say you have a blog, you have two Awesome question. What are the two businesses? Life coaching, so life coaching and uh, website design. Okay, so in this case, you think, are they, you're doing both, I assume. So you're life coach as well, you're a web designer. Okay, which bus business does better? I'm curious. Which does, yeah, brings in more. Hmm? Web design, okay. Think of what I just said. You are not, yeah, you're not what you do, you're not your business. So look at, if you take me as an example, uh, it's my brand, but all the companies under the umbrella of the personal brand. So I do e-commerce, I do digital marketing, I have a financial planning business in New Zealand, I do events, uh, I do publishing, I do a membership site, a niche membership site, and we have e-books, we have, so I'm all these things, all these different businesses, but, if my, but my, because my personal brand is strong enough that I could use that to promote all these companies, yes? No, 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 this is, this is the action steps. So you, after this talk, well, now what, how do I apply this? What I say is you want to be somebody. You, by being somebody, the easiest way to add value to the marketplace by giving, they say even in your case, notes, right? By giving, by educating the marketplace before you sell anything else, that positions as somebody. And then do something, it's about taking action every day. Every day, if you do 10 minutes a day, promoting your business, moving your business forward, reaching out, tweeting, Facebook, something every day, every damn single day, that's doing something to keep promoting. And then be somewhere, I'm talking about this. Don't stay at home, go meet somebody. Go to these things. So you don't know who you're gonna meet. You just don't know who you're gonna meet. Just like Craig, example, met Jeffrey. Who would've known? They're doing this massive project together, making this, but if, Jeffrey or Craig, that day was like, you know what, don't feel like it, want to stay home. 
He would have missed the opportunity. So I never, almost, I never turned to any places. I could be a speaker, I could, I could give back, I could be on podcasts. Most of the time, unless it's so small, but most of the time I said, yeah, I'll do it. Because I want to always do something and be somewhere. Because I don't know where that is going to lead to. I cannot predict where that's going to lead to. I call that unpredictable miracle. You don't know. But I know by putting myself out there, just keep promoting my, myself, branding, do something, be somewhere, something will show up. Does that make sense? And in this case, in my case, the problem is too many things show up, so I have to be selective of what I pursue. But it's the same idea. Make sense? Two minutes, discuss among your table what you've just learned today. Ten times your finances, ten times your business, ten times your marketing, ten times your life. Hit the subscribe button now.